Welcome to Touched by Grace, an outreach of Grace for the Nation's Church here in the city of Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, visit us on the web at gftnc.org. And now, here's Touched by Grace. But mere talk leads only to punery in King James and poverty in the New International Version. Punery or poverty, lack, want. And from a spiritual perspective, because we're talking about labor, we're talking about work, we're talking about reward, many of us would think about the natural process of working and getting paid. And while we're in the earth, and that's a natural law, it's a natural law that whatever it is that you plant, you're going to eventually reap. That's true, but I want you to put on spiritual eyes right now, spiritual eyes, spectacles that will help to enhance your ability to receive the spiritual element of laboring to reward. Now, looking at that, it gives us a couple of different options. Now, you can talk about work in order to get a reward, or you can talk about work that produces reward. Those are options. Now, if you're just working to get paid, if you're just living for God just to go to heaven, then there's not a lot of thrill, excitement, or adventure in that. Look at somebody and say, be adventurous. And so in our faith walk, in our ability to have a relationship with God through the confession of our sins, through the belief that God has raised Jesus from the dead for us and the confessing of our mouths, we, we, we embrace salvation. But in order for that salvation to be completely, fully matured in us, there is some work that must be done. And it's not physical work because we cannot work our way into the kingdom of God physically. We cannot do physical labor and think that that's going to assure us a place in the kingdom of God. Now, it is essential that we understand that there is some physical work involved in the process because faith without physical work is dead. How do you believe something that you won't act upon? And so although we believe the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, we also need to do physical work and some labor to create an atmosphere that reflects that kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. We call that church work. And while church work does not save us, and I'm making this clear for some people who are walking this journey and you're at one of those impasses where you don't know whether to go to the left or the right, church work does not limit itself to just cleaning or doing physical labor. Those are important things. Because what if you came here and you couldn't get in the building because the trees were all overgrown the doors or the grass was so high you couldn't see the building? So physical labor is essential even in the church work. But the essence of our kingdom assignment lies within our giftings, our callings, and our ability to work out our salvation with reverence of the Lord, but also studying to show ourselves approved, seeking the Lord while he may be found, praying on behalf of others. So there's some spiritual work as well as natural work. Are you following me so far? And so, so labor to reward has to have a deeper meaning, a deeper understanding than just if you work, you're going to get paid. If you work a 40 hour a week job, you should get paid for 40 hours worth of work. I don't think anybody in here would be satisfied if you worked 40 hours and say, well, we're only going to pay you for 26 and a half. Truly, that's probably all that we physically worked anyway. But you know how it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The average American usually spends the first couple of hours of the day in their job just kind of getting caught up on what they uh, did the night before or talking and, you know, that kind of stuff. So, so I'm glad that God doesn't judge us that way when it comes to the kingdom. I'm glad that God is not keeping some type of ticker tape markings as to how much money you gave today. How many services did you miss? Now, if that were the case, we'd all flunked a long time ago. I know a long time ago, if we treated if we, if, if we were treated in the kingdom of God the way that we approach church, we probably would have lost a long time ago. 
You know they'll cancel your membership after so long if you don't participate in the process of membership in certain organizations. And we don't cancel your membership at grace. What happens is that people forget that it does require some sacrifice. It does require some labor. Someone does have to serve in various capacities. And since there's enough of us, look at somebody say, there's enough of us. We share the load. We share the load. We share the load. I'm going to show you something in scripture today that I think is going to open up your eyes because I've been, I've been really seeking the Lord as to how to approach scripture that we've read before with a fresh new look and a fresh approach. And God did just that for me. He opened my eyes concerning some scripture that we've read before, that we've studied before. Let me share this with you about labor. Labor, I gave a definition last week and, and I shared some of that definition on this as well um, about the process of childbirth, especially the period that um, starts of the uterine contractions to delivery. Now, while that might seem really, you know, like gross and pictorious to, to some people, it is a spiritual as well as a natural process. The women in this room that have given childbirth can, can identify and relate to uh, one of the most painful things that they could have ever experienced in giving birth to that child. And that process was, was instituted as a result of the fall of man and, and God's pronouncement of, of judgment on humanity was that Eve was going to give childbirth and, and in that process there would be some pains. So I think God was trying to create an eternal and perpetual reminder of a process that requires work that will yield the possibility of deliverance. He said, well, what do you mean by that? That was a theological statement um, through childbirth ultimately deliverance is born, which means that a child or person, you, me, us, Jesus himself was born through the process of natural labor and childbirthing. And he's our deliverer. What are you saying? I'm saying that there is some utility to the process of giving birth to something that might appear to be painful, but in the long run, it produces something that is productive in our lives. So I'm not taking away from the childbirthing process, but I'm somehow bringing us into the understanding that men give birth to, we give birth to dreams, vision. We take on responsibility and we nurture that until we're able to produce a better way of life for our families and our communities. So labor by another definition is the physical energy or focus efforts used to create an expected outcome. Notice expected outcome is what's underlined. We don't labor and then don't know what we're going to get. We don't work and say, hey, whatever, 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 you, you know, whatever. We have an expectation that if we put forth an effort, a concerted effort to do something, there should be an expected outcome. And we know what we're expecting before we go in. I know that if I am uh, putting in the labor to build a building, when that foundation is poured, when those, those steel girders go up, and then we began to put the crossbars, and we put on a roof, and then we put in the walls, I, I'm expecting a building. I'm expecting a building, not a garden. I'm not expecting, the Bible says that we were dead and we were in trespasses and sin, but in Christ we have been raised up together to sit with him in heavenly places, which means that the work of getting to God was done for us. Now we have to do some work to get to the one who worked the work. And if I poured a foundation for a building, are you following me so far? All right, so focus on this. Key points, all work is not labor, but all labor involves work. So there's a difference between work and labor. If you want to split hairs, let's take a look at it. All work is not labor, but all labor involves work. Why? Because work yields increase, but labor yields harvest. And that we found in Proverbs, that everything that you do will ultimately produce some form of profit. 
but just talking produces poverty. I'll take it one step further. God rewards labor with the fulfillment of perpetual promises. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever he sows, a man sows, that shall he also reap. Which means that if we sow to the flesh of the flesh, we'll reap corruption. If we sow to the spirit of the spirit, we'll reap life eternal and all of the things that go with eternal and everlasting life. When does eternity start? Yeah, it's always been and always will be. So there is this cycle in this process. Genesis tells us in the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis tells us that as long as the earth remains, there's going to be seed, time, and harvest, which means that the cycle of God's perpetual promises is already in work, which means that we're now putting in the time to receive the precious promises of God. We're putting in the experiences to get the precious promises of God. When you think about it, the pressures of life brings about the precious promises of God. Without the pressures, we may not be able to attain to the promises. There are pressures. There are some pressures. Even in the seed process, when a seed goes into the ground, it appears to die. But what happens is that it gets completely encompassed with the earth and it begins to germinate. That means it heats up really, 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 really hot. And eventually it bursts forth as a result of being completely compassed about with the earth. That's pressure. And on a spiritual level, we've been birthed in the earth through the process of being born again, and we're surrounded by the earth. We're surrounded by the pressures of this world that we live in. We're surrounded by the dirt and the mire and the clay and the muck of this world. We're surrounded by that, but through the germination process, eventually we will burst forth as that seed bringing forth a blade and then eventually a full plant to reproduce. And so we have to recognize and understand that the making of you takes some work. The making of me takes some work. It's work for this process. Now, God did all the work that he was going to do when he created Adam and he created Eve. He said, be fruitful, multiply, have dominion, work that garden, do your thing. They fell. He said, I've got a plan of restoration for you already. Just endure the process so that thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years later, we can sit here today and learn that it was some work that went before us getting right here today. So what about the future? What about the future? What about after this? It's going to require some work. If you plan to eat a meal today, you're going to do one or two things. Either you're going to go home and you're going to work to cook a meal, or you're going to go to a restaurant and pay somebody else to work to present you with a meal. You say, what does that got to do with us? The salvation that we take so freely for granted, oftentimes we don't realize that Jesus had to do the physical work of paying the price for us that we can be presented with this salvation. You don't believe me? The scripture says he who ascended first descended into the lower parts of the earth, led captivity captive, gave gifts to men, set some in the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ until we all come into unity. So there's work involved and Jesus did the work. Jesus did that work. So you say, oh, okay, we use the restaurant analogy. Since the meal of salvation is already prepared for us, all I need to do is go pay and sit down and they're going to serve it and bring it to me. Au contraire, mon frere. That's not exactly how it happens. Yes, the price was paid. Yes, Jesus did the work. Yes, the cross is the emblem of our eternal salvation and of the perpetual promise of God that gets us to the kingdom because it points upward saying this is how you get to God. And it points outward saying that we must reach others and we must embrace the people that we are in contact with on a regular basis. But what about that cross inside of our heart that we must bear? What about the burden of the cross? Jesus can't bear the cross alone and all the world go free. You see, there's a cross for 
for everyone and there's a cross for me. I must bear a cross or a responsibility. I must bear the cross of, of being a Christian and working my salvation out publicly so people can see that. Jesus being the miracle worker all of all times. He was the greatest of all times. What do we call that today? The goat. He's the, he's the greatest of all times. Talk about miracles. Can't nobody turn water to wine like Jesus. Talk about walking on water. Jesus walked on the water. Talk about raising the dead. He stopped funerals and says, we won't be needing that casket. Get up, go, be healed. Talk about delivering maniacs and people who had demons. He cast them out and, and told them to shut up. And he did all those things. Jesus literally gave us the example of what it means to exercise power in the promises of God. Jesus says, all power in heaven and in earth is given unto me. Now, if all power was given to him, why did he have to do the work? Why did he actually have to bear that cross and drag it up Golgotha's hill and get, get nailed to the cross? He literally got nailed to the cross. That, that was work. And then he had the, the ability to stay on the cross when he could have called legions of angels and said, get him. He stayed on the cross when on one side of him, somebody's talking out his head, and on the other side, somebody's repenting and asking for forgiveness. On one side, this guy is saying, if you're really the Christ, can't you do something about this? After he's been accused, after he's been railed upon, as he's been spit upon, as he has been beaten, his back looked like crushed meat. And that was the work that he did for us. And we have the audacity, a mitigated gall and sagacity to come into the church and say, what y'all got for me today? When he did all that work. Just for me. The Bible says that we were dead and we were in trespasses and sin, but in Christ we have been raised up together to sit with him in heavenly places, which means that the work of getting to God was done for us. Now we have to do some work to get to the one who worked the work. You've been listening to Touched by Grace, an outreach of Grace for the Nation's Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, log on to our website, gftnc.org, or call us, 616-974-9128. Our mission here at Grace for the Nations Church is to reach the diverse people of the world by teaching biblical principles and life application of the scripture. Despite the present-day challenges facing individuals, families, and our communities, we believe there is hope. 